Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Well, good morning and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Michelle Burquist, your host of Women Leading the Way, and I'm also excited because this morning I get the opportunity to introduce one of our brand new Women Lead Radio hosts, and we are you guys are in for a delight. So I'm delighted to introduce my guest, who is also going to be one of our newest hosts. Her name is Mary Van Dorn. She is the founder and the CEO of Speakeasy, Speak Bold. Um, can't wait to have our show today and talk about her new show series. So Mary, say hello to all of our listeners and welcome to my show, soon to be your shows. <laughs> Good morning, Michelle. I am delighted to be here and speak with your audience. This is just um, an exciting opportunity for me because, as you know, we're going to go a little bit um, a little rogue, Simon, sort of on this topic, and I'm so excited to be presenting it. You're, you're, you're right. We are going to go bold today because this is a show series we have not had, and I would love not only for you to just kind of share with our listeners, it's like, one, what is the show series title? I'll let you announce that big announcement, not me. And then, two, what's the show going to be about, and what was the inspiration? I know those are three questions in there, but first of all, what's the show series title? And we'll just let – we'll pause for a second after you say it. Sure. Our series title is Fighting Sex Trafficking and Sexual Exploitation. And in this show, what we really want to do is just shine a light into what I call the darkest corners of society and give hope to the innocent. And that's, that's really a broad overview right there. Um, but we are going to speak with people that are fighting this battle across the globe. And we're going to find what we're doing in our communities, law enforcement is doing, and the training they're receiving. And um, we're going to maybe even get to talk to some of the survivors. Oh my gosh. And I mean, I, I just, when I, when I heard what you were doing, I was like, this is, it's so needed <laughs> as a conversation, mm-hmm. which, you know, and then I know this is very passionate to you and what you're all about. So, I mean, can you share with our listeners and just kind of say, how did the inspiration for this show specifically come about? I mean, was there a trigger event? Was there something that somebody said, or this is just you noodling a type of show? Cause I'm really curious how the inspiration came about to do this kind of particular show as you and i have talked about in the past working with children and protecting children is um, something that i am very passionate about and have been for a number of years i've worked with family homeless shelters helping people get off the streets with their families and helping them get reintegrated back into society and that's been a huge passion of mine i heard about an organization it's operation underground railroad and they work throughout the world saving children and women from sex trafficking and exploitation. And at first when I heard it about it, I started to support financially. Then I spoke to them and said, is there a way that I can use what 
I love to do it. I'm passionate about it. And that's helping speakers advance themselves and influence in their communities. And I thought, why can't I help them do that? So that conversation started a little over a year ago. And they started to develop what they refer to as the Speakers Bureau. And I became a member, one of the first people on their Speakers Bureau to go out into the communities and talk about this and educate people. We don't realize, especially here in the United States, there's, the United States is actually the biggest consumer worldwide of child pornography. And to me, that's a very wow. scary to statistic to just know, yes, we're yeah. a large country, but I think we think of our morals are better than that. And, and of course, most of us are. But to know that this is a darkness that's right here in our own neighborhoods. A lot of people don't realize right now there are over 3 million children in child slavery. In oh, my gosh, I had no idea. Oh, There's over 150 million people across the world. The only way that we can start wow. to fight this in our communities, you, me, and all of our listeners, is for us to start telling the story, to start bringing this into the light of our communities. They're hiding everywhere. The, the pedophiles right now, if we arrest one pedophile, studies show that a pedophile will ha- affect up to 100 children. So when you hear a number of say that this organization, organization has been instrumental in 5,000 arrests, it's not the 5,000 arrests necessarily of those people that's fabulous. It's the fact that they, each one of them could affect up to 100 kids. That's 500 kids, that 500,000 kids that could have been affected. It's important for wow. these stories you know, to go out there. It's important for us to understand this in our community. And there's a lot of ways that we can protect not only our own children and families in our community, but also we're going to talk about how you can spot somebody that's in, that's in this situation. To help them get out. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, I think, you know, the part that's even, I mean, sad is even when you're, I mean, first of all, I don't know how you learned and were able to just spin off all those statistics, which just break your heart and maybe put a rise in your your anger, because it did with me, and the fact that you're going to try to educate people on how to spot it, because I think that's the piece, right, is, you know, for the ones who are the victims, and I don't know if you call them victims or not, it just seems like, Mm -hmm. you know, they... They, how can they help themselves, but they can't. You know, I mean, that's all this. I, I'm sure the stories will be incredible. What What was it, and please go back on the idea, you volunteer. What's the name of the organization that you vol, you volunteer for, for Operation Underground? Is it, go ahead and say it to the listeners. Like, yeah, I know Operation you mentioned Underground it. Railroad. I'm sorry, it's Operation and Underground tell, Railroad. And you got involved with that and said you started first, you know, supporting it. And then, you know, what are you doing else with Operation, you know, Underground Railroad? To me, it sounds like you're very involved with them. So kind of share with our listeners a little bit more. You're not donating as much. Now you're speaking. So do you do all the things of educating, informing, and, you know, throughout your community in the Orange County area of California? Yes. So I would invite anybody, if you go to their website, it's OURrescue.org. And that's where I went initially to start making my donations, and they have built up a huge library of videos and blogs and what have you. You can learn about the work that they do across the country. And there's other organizations as well. There's, fortunately, there's a number of them. I happen to be connected with them. I, they were started by a man named Tim Ballard who worked for the CIA and Department of Homeland Security after that. And he had been introduced to a 
child, some, a man who came to him and said, listen, he was in another country working for the government. And they said, we heard that you guys can help children. My son has been kidnapped. And we think we know where he is. He went to his higher-ups and they said, we can only work on the mission we have authority to be in this country for. <laughs> right? And that oh, spoke wow. to his heart so deeply, he actually landed, he called his wife, they talked about it, he landed up quitting his job and going back to go find that child. In the search for that child, he came upon an orphanage that was a front for child sex trafficking. Every an orphanage, just orphanage. to be clear. An orphanage. Now, and, and obviously oh that was something that he could never turn around and turn away from at that point, right? Sex trafficking being the well, fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world, if you think about it this way, drugs, of course, that is the number one enterprise in the world, but uh, criminal enterprise in the world. But you can sell a pack of cocaine once. They sell children 15, 20 times a day. And that's why it's growing so quickly, because there's so much money in it. We have to stop that. Okay, I just had to pause there. I just had to pause. Yeah. (laughs) But that's just it. We can't pause. And so when I started to watch more of the videos and learning more and more about it, and I thought, I have to be a voice for this. I have to be a voice to tell Mm -hmm. the story in the communities, in the schools, in the organizations that I belong to, and let everyone take the story and keep going with it. It's, we can help financially, but even if they can't help financially, you can let, put the word out there so more people know about it. And not only just the horrendous crimes that are being committed, but also to prevent them in your own community and to prevent your, protect your families, especially these children. No, I think those are, are fabulous. Inter- we can't stop that. Right, right. No, I know there's so much that's there, and it's like, I mean, you clearly, man, your voice is so passionate about this. You know, <laughs> tell our listeners what you hope is going to be the impact from the show. I mean, I love the idea you're tying in, you know, the kind of like what to watch for, how to spot, you know, how people can protect themselves. But, you know, kind of overall, like, what do you hope the impact of the show does? Do you hope, I mean, share with our listeners. The ultimate for me, when I set out to be a member of the Speakers Bureau, I thought, you know, I want to make it so that my voice carries and ripples across the world if it has to, right? And I want it to, from there, I want children to protect their families. I've heard, I spoke to a group about a month ago, and one of the moms came up to me and was telling me a story of her two children, and her boys were walking home from school. A van pulled up and went to grab one of the boys on the shoulder. He shrugged off, and the boys ran. And she said, we're in a good community. And she said, we tend to think this happens elsewhere, but it doesn't. It doesn't. And we have to educate our kids. We have to prevent that. But more than that, my personal goal is that I want to raise over $100 million, I'm sorry, a million dollars for Operation Underground Railroad. And I, I don't have those resources myself, but I know that if we talk to enough people, this can be done. It can, it, and think of the people you know. You know, $1,000 from one person, 1,500 from another, 500 from somebody else. All of this goes, it's not just to support these organizations, the the work that they do around the world, but also in our communities. We're going to talk to 
local law enforcement and find out what they're doing, the technology they're using, the software they're using, the what we call ESD dogs, their electronic search device dogs, that can go in and find a little microchip in the bot in the bottom of a basket of laundry. You know, and what and again, like mm-hmm. I mentioned before, when they find these and then they can plug them in and now they have evidence that they can put these pedophiles away. You this person you just put away, you just protected a hundred children. If you when you look at That's it that amazing. way, it's hey. like how much does that dog cost? Like what is the training for that dog? You know, so there's a lot of ways for us to support the organization that are doing this work, and that's why I'm so passionate because I think everybody, everybody knows somebody that is being yep, is that's going true. To and be every little bit talk. counts. It does. Absolutely. Hey, it listen, does. I need to take a quick break here, Mary. I need to take a quick break because we've got to thank one of our sponsors. But when I come back, I want to spend more time talk, digging into a little bit more about the guests that you're going to have and how you're going to line them up. And then the other part so our um, listeners can know, I'm going to ask a little bit about you and your business and what you're all about. So hang with me, and uh, we're going to say thank you to this sponsor. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. Okay, Mary, I'm back to you, because this is just a, I'm going to say a heart-wrenching topic, but one that I had no idea on some of the statistics that you shared. So for our listeners, and then I do want to get into a little bit more about you and your background and what you do in business, but, you know, kind of how are you prioritizing who you're going to invite? And I know you mentioned you might even be interviewing and inviting as guests some past, I mean, I don't know, do you call them victims of sex trafficking? Is that the word, victims? Or survivors. They're survivors. survivors. Okay. And how are, do you think, I mean, you're going to invite them. Will they, do you think they'll be willing to come on? you know, to the show. I think talk a little, little bit more about how you're going to invite your guests and who they're going to be and why you're, you know, doing that. But most importantly, how will survivors come on? I just think that's how will they share that? They're that strong or give us some context here because I, I think that will be just, you know, incredible for people to hear their stories. What's really wonderful about survivors is they are incredibly strong. When they get through what they mm. get through and they come out on the other side, man, they can, they can really conquer a lot. And the fact of getting out and talking about their story, a lot of them want to because they want to help. They want to spread the word so that the ones that are left behind can be saved. Are you hoping I to raise some, money as well? Yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah. raise okay. – my speaking on this topic, I wanted to raise a million dollars. Oh, you did say that. I apologize. I love that. All right. Who else are we yeah. going to have as guests? Talk a little bit more about them. Um, we're going to, I'm going to have a guest that is working for an organization that is having a global impact on these crimes. We're also going to speak with local authorities, so local law enforcement. And what are you guys doing? What, how are you preempting these, this, these crimes from happening in our communities? And when they do happen, what happens after that? Another thing that's really important that I'm going to try to squeeze in there, and that is, which is huge actually in the fight 
of these crimes is when the pedophiles are arrested, when these traffickers are arrested and the survivors are freed, the victims are freed, we have to make sure that we support the aftercare because they go into aftercare, which might be work within homes or families or it might be in centers where they get, obviously, first of all, they get food and clothing and they get health care that they have been probably neglected for a number of years. And then they get any sort of therapy that they need and then working to integrate them back into a normal lifestyle. That aftercare is what makes the difference because without that, they know no other world except to slide back into where they were. It's important that we is that is that what care. some is that what some survivors do is they slip back into what they did before because they yeah, they can the the after, oh my yeah. gosh and and within these aftercare programs I have listened to survivors talk about going through several different types of therapy I I don't think any of us want to even try to imagine what their life is like for two three five eight years. And then to come out of that, you can't just go to therapy for 30 days, 90 days, six months. And sometimes different therapies help different survivors. I mean, they, they do a lot of different therapies, some traditional that you would expect. They do equine therapy. They do a lot of therapies with water and whatnot. And so it, going through that, and like I started to say, that this woman that I saw speaking, she had been through like six different types of therapies. Thank God. She is now married and has two children of her own, but she says, I still have nightmares. So these survivors, are, when you say, are, do they want to come out? Are they brave enough to come out? Yeah, they live through a lot. And, and some of them want to go on and forget about it. Try to. I don't think they can ever forget about it. Um, but a good number of them do want to help prevent it from happening to others. And then we're going to wow. talk about what we can I, do I to just... help, help support. You know, there, I have to say there are very few times I feel in my life that I'm absolutely um, stunned and I don't have anything to say. And that's kind of like where I'm at right now with all this. I mean, this is, this is heavy, you know, and I'm I just, you know, again, I just, I love your passion and your mission. <clears throat> and I'm hearing what you say, you know, that the show is going to be about. I really hope that it really changes and makes an impact because I know that's what you want to do. So and is there anything else you want to talk about your show? Because I'd like to talk a little bit about your background and, you know, this is an interesting kind of shift, right, because I don't want to go away from it. But anything else you want to share about your new show series that I haven't asked you? One thing, I want people to realize that it's not just going to be talking about deep, dark corners and all the bad things, and we are going to talk about what we're doing in the community, and we are going to talk about the survivors. I want people to understand that this show actually, we do have to expose some of the ugliness, right? But we also want it to be a show of hope, so that we can give hope to the victims to know that there's people out there that are working together, and, and us all working together from our own car or our or our office or wherever we are listening to the show, that we can go back then and we can do something to help. And because that hope, that positive influence, that love is what's going to help spread it. That's where we're going to get action. If we just delve in the dark corners, that's not going to do anything except make make people sick to their stomach. That's not what I want. I want us to realize that each and every one of us can help. That's how I think that's fabulous. That's, Woo, okay, thank you for the hope. No, I'm, I do, because it is, it's such a heavy, I mean, again, I had, I mean, I'm going to say for our listeners, like, I had no idea it's the second largest 
I think you said crime, right? That is going on mm-hmm. in the U.S. and, and I, 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 you know, and the fast. Uh, who had, who would know that? Like you know that. That's that's incredible. So I love what your show series is going to be about. Let's. So our listeners know. I'm going to do a little bit of a shift. So thank you, because I, again, my gosh, to be able to be aware and you know, what to do to be safe with the kids that you see or the ones that you have in your family, right? Um, I think that's going to be an amazing show. But I want our listeners to know a little bit about you. And you have a long history in one industry. And I know you started your Speak Easy, Speak Bold, am I correct, business based on kind of a situation or a story that led you to kind of get into that that this part of your business do you want to share with our listeners what just briefly what your background was but what do you do now with speak easy speak bold and how did that how did that inspiration come about well i have a long many many years over 30 years in the finance industry in mortgage banking and i figured out a long time ago that when i could get in front of groups whether it was groups of realtors or CPAs or within my community, that getting in front of 50, 100 people was the fastest way to build, for me to build my business. And I learned to absolutely love it. <laughs> After a few years of doing this, and <laughs> other people were coming to me and saying, hey, can you show me how you do that? How do you get the courage to do that? How do you make everybody listen to you, et cetera? And I started to help some friends and whatnot. And then I got involved with Toastmasters. And then I as part of Connected Women of Influence, I was blessed to be asked to do a Sioux talk. And the Sioux talk for me was something different than any other talk I'd done before. I, had, I could talk to you to our blue in the face about mortgage banking, but this was something very different. <laughs> After doing the Sioux talk, yeah. it totally changed my presentation in my industry. And I started to love it. And then you asked me to work with some of the upcoming Sioux talkers and working with them and watching the change come over people that either A, were petrified to get on the stage, but had a message that they wanted to get out, and watch how they would transform in eight weeks really got me excited. And I started to do more of that, then I started to do more of it on the side, and I just absolutely love it. So now the idea of Speak Easy, Speak Bold is where I ex- work with executive leaders to help them present at their highest level of influence. And inspiration, it, whether it's inside their organization or in their industry, they're especially women. There's so many women that have climbed that corporate ladder, and now they find themselves in a position to really take the next step up. They have to start talking to, in large groups, whether it's in their industry or even in their corporation. Now they have to speak at the annual event, and they're going, oh, my gosh, I've never done this before. They're completely confident yeah. in the world that they lead, right? But don't ask me to get on Right. Stage. We help them get past that. And, and it's, we do it in a lot of fun and a, a pace that's comfortable for them. And when they come off that stage, they are just lit up. I thought was so much fun. So many of them, and you know this, Michelle, so many of our speakers, when they, before they even get on stage, they're so excited because now they've crafted a message that's so powerful. That lights me up yeah. day in and day out. But when you asked me to do this show and I thought, Mary, what you do every day is help people spread the message that's so critically important to them and their field or their organizations. What's critically important to you? What voice, what message do you want to get out there? So I, I stepped to the side and I said, don't do it about your business, Mary. Do it about what you're passionate about. 
I love that. I just think that 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 says so much about you and what you're all about. And you do, you clearly one of the things I'm sure you speak with your clients on is how to have that passion and that purpose within your voice, right? With your inflections because you definitely do mm-hmm. that. So, listeners, know that we've got a very very good new host here. And you know, talk a little bit about the type of work that you do. I know you said you help executives get on stage, but dig down into kind of like more of, you know, the kind of things you do with clients. I mean, do you help them, you know, executives aren't always on stage, but I I think people have different scenarios where speakeasy, speak bold would come into play. What are some, uh, give us a couple of client examples of how you've worked with people to help them besides the stage. I know there's more to you than that. Yeah. Working with people, if we start at the very often the first step is finding the confidence to get on stage. And like you say, sometimes that stage is a company event. Sometimes it's just in a boardroom where now they've they've elevated to a status in their company where they're now sitting into management meetings and what have you, and they want their voice to be heard. They go into their first one or two, and they find that people are talking over them. Or they start to give an idea Mm. and somebody takes it and runs with it. It's like, wait a minute, that was my idea. So we talk about how to have your voice in those different types of situations. If it's a boardroom or sometimes it's just your team. Maybe it's now you're a sales manager and you are supposed to be inspiring 20 people. Sure, you can go out and make sales all day long, but how do you get the person that doesn't know how to do that? And so we work with them on their their communication skills and their presentation and how to present to different types of team members because there's probably about seven different types of learners and you have to know how to speak to those learners if they're going to be able to follow you you have to be able to inspire them and if you don't understand the different types of listeners and learners you're not going to know how to to make sure you cover the basis you're not going to cover every seven type of learning in your presentation but everybody has two or three learning styles so if you cover three or four of them you got everybody covered right so we talk about that type of communication. We talk about, uh, because a lot of us relate to just how we are, right? Like I'm a very auditory learner, very much so. I love pictures and stuff. Some people need visuals. Some people need statistics, which is why when I opened this, I was giving statistics because that is some people, if you don't throw me statistics, I'm not going to catch you. Maybe that's because I've been in finance for so long. Like I'm a numbers nerd, right? (laughs) But these are my (laughs) listening styles. Yes, you are. And corporate, others of them need a story. They need a passion. They need to hear that. And so when you want to deliver your message, you got to dig deep and find what what are you passionate about? Why? Do you like this job that you're doing? Why do you like this product? Why do you like this service? What's really about it? Where do you find your inspiration? Because when you can share that, you become more relatable to your audience because now they can see your heart. And when you're serving these people, when you have that power of service, that like lights up a direction for you to go and for people to follow you. So we work on that. Wow. And, I'm- and then we always, we always get to, like you say, the different tones that you're using, the speed that you're using, the different inflections, and body language, especially when you're yeah. live. We even work on body language on a video. You know, you have that little square that people are going to see you in, so you don't want to be on top of it and how far you want to be away and how you can use your hands and your head and your face. So those are all the fun stuff. Love it. 
it is well for those of us that are into that yes it's fun stuff for us but for those of us that you know have hard time speaking up by the way i'm one of those visual people i like to see pretty charts graphs i need to see it so then Mm -hmm. i can visualize it then it goes but you know it is funny how other people roll and that is where it's not about people adapting to us which i love what you're saying it's how we adapt to others so i love the stuff you're doing so i'm excited maybe throw in a show or two on that too because i think that'd be really great as well um, under the umbrella. But we're almost out of time, Miss Mary. I'm like, I'm so excited for your show series. So of all the things I've asked you, is there anything I haven't? And then also, you know, how do you want people to connect and reach out to you? I know we've got your URL that'll be on the show page, but how do you want people to connect with you or find you if they are interested in learning more about you and what you do or about what you're doing with Operation Underground? Well, I'm on... I'm in LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all just as Mary Van Dorn, as it is. My my website is maryvandorn.com, and you can reach out to me there. Uh, email is mary at maryvandorn.com. So if I've kept it real simple. You can reach out any which way you want. Yeah, you have. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to, anybody that wants any work with coaching, I'm here for you. Anybody that wants more information on the topics that we're going to cover, and how we can find organizations within your communities, I'm there for you. Just reach out anytime. I love it. And then I'm going to put one one pressure on you. So this is it for the show. So I want you to leave us with something inspirational, motivational, hope-worthy based on what you talked about. And I, I know this is a lot of pressure, but leave us with something good so I can say, and that is a wrap of our show when you're done. <laughs> um, I would have to say that when we leave this earthly place and we leave behind our lessons, our legacies, et cetera, I want you to think about what the legacy is that you have left. Um, have you been served? Have you serviced? Have you loved? Have you forgiven? And I think those three things, forgive, give service and love, and you're going to have a beautiful life and you're going to leave a beautiful legacy behind. Ooh, okay. Love that. My dear, thank you for being my guest today on my radio show, which is Women Leading the Way and Influential Women. And I can't wait for our listeners to start hearing your show. Do you recall what is the first date of your show? July? Yeah. I think it's July 9th. Something. Got it. In July will be your first show. Okay, that's exciting. Well, Mary, thank you for being my guest today. I want to say a special thank you to all of our listeners, both in the United States and even internationally, because we are an international show, and that excites me. (laughs) We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, um, and even Saturdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. And I just want to say we're quickly growing to a a daily show. Um, I want to thank all of you for listeners, for listening, and for that, I wish you all a fabulous week, a happy Memorial Day weekend, and have an incredible week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.